From finance to family. Politics are getting out of control. And maintaining your lifestyle. I love to go on little mini trips. Makes me feel happy and relaxed. This is Guarding Your Nest Egg with Mike Lester of Talon Wealth, along with Kristen Charles. Link up at guardingyournestegg.com. I love summertime. Don't you, Mike? <laughs> it's hot. God, it's hot. All it's hot. over was, the country. Uh, cleaning the pool. And the water in the pool is hot. It's almost like... A heated pool. Not fun getting in the pool because it's too hot. (laughs) Now that we are in July and full summer travel and all the chaos and craziness is going on, we're also getting back to a time period that I love of where the biggest hits of the year come out in the summer. Typically, although... uh, Is there anything you're super excited about? I haven't seen anything I'm crazy excited about seeing. The new Indiana Jones looks kind of fun. I mean, who doesn't love that? Harrison Ford, you know, let's give him the salute out of there as Indiana, right? Yeah. But I'm thinking about getting you one of the Ken shirts from The Gap because, uh, by the way, the new Barbie movie is coming out on July 21st. It's expected to be one of the big box office hits. And Mattel is doing its best to make sure that even if you don't go see the movie, you're going to stumble on more than 100 different types of Barbie buys in store and online. Wow. So I'm yeah. thinking about getting you a Ken T-shirt from The Gap because that Have you exists. Seen? I don't know. What does it look like? I mean, It's just a plain T-shirt, but it's all pink, and it just says Ken. Oh, okay. It doesn't have like a picture of Ken on the front. No. Right. <laughs> or maybe <laughs> it like... say Ken across the front of it. I've got pink shirts, Kristen. I, That's true. Not, like T-shirts, uh, dress shirts. Pink's a great color. What about like a, a gray suit or something? Hot yeah. pink Barbie electric toothbrush or a Barbie float for the pool? I mean, I probably don't want to have my picture taken in the Barbie float in the pool, but (laughs) (laughs) I could see there might be one around. I probably have uh, a child somewhere that wouldn't mind one of those. This just goes to show the marketing that is put into everything, because even at Bloomingdale's, there's going to be a life-size Barbie dream house installation available. Brands are hoping that nostalgia is going to win them over, and it might. Mm -hmm. I mean, I got to be honest. Look what I found in my parents' attic. This was just days ago, doing some cleaning. The Barbie no Super Vet. Oh, hold on. <laughs> let me get the remote control here, Mike. Yeah, it all hooked up and ready to that's, go. Um, that's worth some money, I it, imagine, Kristen. Looks like it's in fantastic shape. This was a hand-me-down from my neighbor in the 70s. Yeah. It's missing the windshield. I bet it still works if I put batteries in it. Mm, or it anyway. might catch fire. Or yeah. I could brush Barbie's hair. That's looking kind of rough there. So anyway, we'll let that go back. Was that Barbie? I, that, that looked it, like uh, It was a Chewbacca. Barbie. That looked like Chewbacca. <laughs> oh, man. So many things going on. I just thought we could use a little bit of levity because we just closed out a fairly strong first half of the year for Wall Street from what I understand is a simpleton. And from what I've read as a simpleton, economic data is actually looking pretty good. Mm -hmm. Unemployment near historic lows and consumer sentiment is rising. So dare I say Bidenomics could be working? I I don't know. uh, That's what they're saying. (laughs) Well, you know, it's one thing. um, We don't have to go too far into that. I mean, are are the numbers pretty good um, when it comes to the economy? Yeah. Uh, Is Biden responsible? I mean, when you come out and you say, I created the most jobs in history, but it was right after the most jobs, you know, right after COVID, it doesn't, the math just doesn't work, you know, quite the same. But, you know, it's fine. I think, you know, what we have to do is we have to apply what's going on in markets or the economy and apply it to the stock market and just ask ourselves, well, what is likely to be going on? 
um, at least over the next quarter, you know, if not for the rest of the year. Rest of the year is kind of a tough one, but but with these numbers, I don't think that uh, we're going to have a bad market here for the next few months. I think okay. there's some volatility. It was probably not overly great, but also not overly bad. We've still got this recession uh, looming, and I think most people that, uh, I mean, certainly business and industry is looking at a slowdown. They're starting to reduce their inventories mm. because obviously when there's a recession, um, people aren't buying as much. They don't want to have too much in inventory. Right. Uh, we're seeing layoffs. We're seeing all of these corporations prepare for what they think is going to be a pretty big pullback in the economy. Uh, but obviously we're looking at how is that likely to affect uh, markets and then, you know, therefore the, the people that we manage money for. So currently I w- we're not overly pessimistic about the market. The numbers are pretty good. I think that, um, Inflation is not as low as it needs to be. It's not as low as the Fed has stated they want it to be. Even still right now, historically high, even though it's it's coming down. But And consumer sentiment is rising too, but it's still not where mm-hmm. it used to be. Right. You brought summer up in the beginning of um, you know the conversation, Kristen. It's kind of a feel-good time for people. Mm-hmm. people and that, that can be part of that sentiment lift. It's like, well, hey, I'm going to go on vacation with my family, or hey, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to go to the beach. You know, whatever it is, it's... You know, in theory, sunshine and happiness. So I'm not shocked that sentiment's a little bit better. But um, I think most people realize what's been going on isn't sustainable. And at some point, something's got to give. The market just can't. I mean, 2022, I know people think, oh, you know, 2022 was bad. It, it, it was bad, you know, a 20-plus percent drop. Um, that's what most people experienced in their portfolios. Experienced. Yeah. I mean, that's bad. But historically, that's not horrible. Right. Now, see, that um, doesn't settle well for the <laughs> yeah. as an investor. Nobody wants to lose twenty something. <laughs> right. Percent. Right. It's just we haven't seen this, um, you know, crash that people are sort of they feel is looming because things are you know the government keeps printing money and uh, seems like the market. Yeah, we've you know we'll have a bad year like twenty twenty two, but at least for the first part of the year things are going pretty well. So. Yeah, with sentiment up, that certainly helps things. Inflation coming down, that certainly helps things. The jobs numbers certainly help things. But if you're retired or, or close to retirement and you can get 45 to 5% on safe money in a money market account or mm-hmm. something, how willing are you really going to be to take risk in this market? Do you, do you think the market's going to be up more than 5% um, between now and the end of the year? Because if you don't, well, not the end of the year, between now or the next year, um, because if you don't, why wouldn't you just put your money in a fixed interest rate account where you're not taking any risk? And so the question hmm. when it comes to investing is, if I'm willing to take risk, am I going to be compensated for that? And somebody needs to measure for the investor, what's the difference between those fixed rates that are safe and other investments that are out there and just help them weigh the options. And it's back to your point, with these numbers, what investments are available, which ones are likely to do well, which ones are likely to do poorly, and how much risk am I taking to, to invest in them? Do you think that as Americans, we will feel the impact of a recession before the end of the year? Or do you think that we might come out unscathed as far as it not really changing our day-to-day lives? I think the best word that you used there was, do I think? Because ah. it's just, it's really what, so what, nobody knows, right? right. Um, and, and so I think the summer's probably going to be pretty, um, pretty decent. Um, so I don't think we need to be too pessimistic about markets, although um, I don't think there's a lot of room for upside in the market. Okay. What would the catalyst be for the market to be up 
20 percent you tell I, me just, I, I, I can't i can't think of one i feel like we're um, waiting on flying pigs at any moment the way yeah, things have gone so, <laughs> but so you know what could possibly happen in the economy to make the market go up a lot i don't i can't really think of anything like i said um, what could happen to make the market go down a lot? I can think of quite a few things. Mm -hmm. And then so when you balance that out and you say, well, um, how much risk do I want to be taking? And then what are my alternatives uh, when it comes to investing? And I think one of the issues that I see when I'm doing an analysis of a portfolio or just talking to them, some an individual or a couple about their investments, the issue isn't whether or not they understand at least to a, a you know, pretty significant degree how they're invested. Um, the biggest issue that I see is when I look at the investments, it's, I call it typical. So hmm. a lot of times it's very typical investments on stocks, bonds, mutual funds. People know what they know, but if somebody didn't take the time to explain to them all of the options that are out there, um, then they're not going to know about them. But if they did, then their portfolio is likely to look a little bit different. So I personally can think of investment options that I think are worth the risk to get a higher average rate of return compared to just fixed interest rates at the bank. But um, I, I can tell you most people aren't aware of what those investments are, and, mm -hmm. and they're certainly not annuities. Anybody that watches this knows you know, right. we're not into annuities. But um, there are ways to have more control when it comes to your investments and have a more, uh, the, the outcome uh, in some ways is predetermined. If you do this, then you get that. And I think that's, that's a pretty interesting thing. And so that's why we promote just education when it comes to investing understand what all of your options are. When you understand all of your options, then you'll be able to make an informed decision. So speaking of options, you being a fee-based advisor, a fiduciary, you know, mm -hmm. you're looking at stocks and all the things like you just mentioned. How big of a deal is it that Apple just became the first company to hit a stock market valuation of three trillion, I think? Yeah, three trillion, trillion yeah, shares. High. Yeah, yeah, spiked 46% so far this year. So mm -hmm. it looks like I've been really helping out, you know, the Apple people a lot. It's like four things in here that are Apple. But yeah. what are your thoughts on that when it comes to our portfolios? Gosh, I mean, we've got a lot of our portfolios, not all of them have, uh, you know, Apple is a component of those portfolios. It's been a great company to invest in over time. Um, Apple has a great following. Apple's, it's not always good, right? It's technology, so, so there's some volatility there. Mm -hmm. um, but I think Apple's a, just an example. There are other companies that would be examples, but it's a good example of a company that um, people believe in and they trust that, hey, listen, if I hold this long term, now there's a lot of people out there that believe that it'll be worth more uh, in the future than it is today. And you can't say that about all companies. And so that's part of the reason why they're now, you know, three trillion. That's a huge number. Will they still be at that valuation next year? I don't know. But um, what will their valuation be 10 years from now? Right? That's a, kind of a more interesting thing because there's going to be volatility there. So, um, but then I think about Apple being at three trillion, and I know what the what the price of their products are, <laughs> and I start to ask myself, where are all these people getting this money? That's I'm more where I was worried going. About that, That's where know? I was going. We're hearing about layoffs, yeah. and consumer sentiment is getting better. Yet yeah. I feel weird about things. People I talk to in regular day to day life aren't comfortable yeah. with a big purchase right now or a big risk. So, mm -hmm. how is everybody spending so much money? I'm included on the latest iPhone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where's the money coming from? Um, because, I mean, we all know we've printed a ton of it. And the government, at least at this point, you know, doesn't have a plan to pay it back. True. And eventually, 
you just you, you can't print money out of thin air, although people seem to be getting pretty comfortable with this idea that you can because, I mean, when we talked about the, the, the economic numbers before, that things are pretty good, something that I'd be very interested in seeing is what, what is the savings rate hmm. for Americans? Oh, right? I'm going to look that so up. Are they, yeah. are they saving any money or are they borrowing? You know, and, and what we're seeing is they're actually borrowing money. So the credit card debt's going up. So mm. that's an issue. So you can see the economy just humming right along. And then you try to define where the money's coming from. And if they're borrowing more and saving less, again, that eventually becomes a problem. So we can't be Forrest Gump and just send our money off to Lieutenant Dan and think it's invested in some fruit company and find out it's <laughs> Apple Technologies and do, yeah. I got it. Okay. Yeah. So congratulations, Apple. But it sounds like overall, it's hard to know what to expect for the rest of the year. Yeah, I think the way to look at it would be what's the most efficient way to get a, a particular return? Um, so right now, if your goal is to make four and a half percent on your money, and that's your goal, your, your most efficient way is probably treasuries because you're not, you know, the, the, the risk is very low there or a okay. money market account and the risk is uh, very low there and you can get that. I mean, that, that's all you really need. Um, if you turn around and your goal is uh, 6% on your money, well, you know, now, now how do we have to tweak this a little bit? Cause you have to take some kind of risk to get there, but how much? Or 8%. What if you're looking for 8%? So, so the efficiency just comes in how the portfolios are built or how the investment is built. You know, if I went to someone and I said, I've got these two investments. Okay. Both of them are averaging 8% per year. Which one would you like to invest in? Um, most of us are conditioned to feel like, well, you know, if they're both averaging 8% per year, Split the difference. put half my money in one, yeah. half my money in the other. I don't want all my eggs in one basket. I want right. to be diversified and all of that. Um, but through analysis, we can find out out of those two investments, how much risk am I taking to get the 8%, right? Assuming these aren't fixed rates, you know, of eight. So if I change the question a little bit and I said, well, I've got two investments, both of them are averaging 8% per year. One of them's half as risky as the other one. How would you like to invest your money? So that's why we talk about making informed decisions. It's, it's a very different answer. Somebody would look at me like, well, why would I take twice the risk to get the same return? Right. Right. It's very practical and that's how they should feel. So that's how we, we want to make sure that when it comes to returns, I know we can have a goal for the, the return that we're looking for. But then how much risk are we taking to get that return and how do we create the most efficient portfolio? We will talk more about it next week, but we also invite you watching to go to guardingyournestec.com, catch up on previous video podcast, our audio podcast and you can even find the office closest to you and even schedule a 15-minute phone call, all from our website, guardingyournestegg.com. Mike, enjoy the rest of your week, my friend. You too. Join the conversation now at guardingyournestegg.com. Advisory services offered through Talon Private Wealth LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Talon Private Wealth does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation. Florida License D056341. California License 0N00828. Talon Wealth is the official wealth management team of the Florida Gators. Compensation was paid to Lurfield for partnership with the Gators as of January 2023.